happy Good Shepherd Sunday. Doesn't quite have the same ring to it as Happy Easter or Merry Christmas, but it is an important day in the church. Though when a survey of adults recently by the Pew study um, asked Christians, what is your favorite Bible verse? The most common response was not the Christmas story or one of the gospel tellings of the Easter story, but instead Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. Why is it exactly that we hold this psalm in such high regard? I wonder why we love it so much. Why do we seek it out when we're going through hard times? Why is it by far the most commonly used funeral scripture? This well-known and much-loved psalm is paired today with John's Gospel, the 10th chapter. Our verses today come at the very end of this long 10th chapter about Jesus being the Good Shepherd. In those verses before this, he says the phrase, I am the Good Shepherd, twice. He says, I know my sheep, and my sheep know me. So we get to this moment then in John's gospel at the end of this 10th chapter. And it is recorded later in this same sheep-shepherd conversation, much later. It says it's in the winter. It's kind of like this time passes, and we don't really know what happens between there, but the conversation continues a bit later. And Jesus is asked... In this moment, for the first and only time in recorded scripture, are you the Messiah? They say to him, if you're the Messiah, tell us plainly. I can so relate to this demand of the followers of Jesus. They're like, stop talking in metaphors, Jesus. Please just tell it like it is. It's muddying the waters. We're very confused here. Just just tell us plainly. And Jesus replies, I have told you plainly, and you do not believe, which is such a Jesus burn in this moment. I think it's funny. Jesus is like, I already told you like a hundred times, you guys. You just don't listen. You're not listening. Any parents in the room ever felt that way? Anybody? 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 Yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, Yeah. Uh, You just don't listen when I'm talking to you. And you don't believe me when I do say it. As I was reading this this sick burn of Jesus this week, I wondered why. Why is it we don't believe who Jesus is when he tells us? And I realized that I think we don't believe this because we don't think we're sheep. Sheep are not cute. Not really. They're not soft and fluffy as cartoons have made us believe. They don't smell that great. They're not known for being the smartest animal in the barn. So, you know, no thank you. I don't really want to be a sheep. And I'm not alone in this thought. In one of my favorite sermons ever had the privilege to hear preached, Lutheran pastor Nadia Boltz-Weber said, the truth about sheep is I don't want to be one. I mean, given the choice, I'd be a wolf or maybe a shepherd, but never, ever a sheep. Sheep are stupid and docile and easily manipulated. I want to make my own choices and go my own way, and even, it should be noticed, if those choices in that way is killing me. She continued, The truth about sheep is that we have terrible hearing. We are the sheep who can't hear the shepherd because her voice is drowned out by the clamor of our self-critique. 
I wish I were taller. I wish I were shorter. I wish my wool were as white as hers or as curly as his. We are the sheep who deplore our sheepiness. And so we search for our belonging in things that don't really matter. We are also sometimes the sheep who filter out all the good messages about ourselves and our place in the flock and choose instead only to hear confirmation that other sheep get more attention and everyone else is having more fun and how we don't really belong after all. Amen, Pastor Nadia. Amen. We don't want to be sheep. I don't want to be a sheep. I don't want to acknowledge that in most all instances, I want to make my own decisions and pave my own way and do my own thing because I do it better and I do it right. Jesus says, I am the shepherd and you are my sheep. And I immediately break out my personal, typical oppositional defiance and I list all the ways I'm definitely not a sheep and I miss the entire point of what Jesus is saying here. What if we are spending so much time and energy trying to prove all the ways in which we are not sheep, definitely not sheep? All the ways that we've got this and can do it on our own, and what if we spend all our energy on that and we are missing the point? I have told you, Jesus said. You do not believe because sheep hear the voice of their shepherd and you don't think you're sheep. As I sat thinking about all the ways in which I don't want to acknowledge my own sheepiness this week, I realized that today is not Dumb Sheep Sunday. It's Good Shepherd Sunday. I, as we all tend to do, have made this about me, not about God. I've removed God from the center of the story and placed myself there instead. Today... I sort of hate to tell you, hate to tell myself, is not about us. This day is not about us. And thank goodness, really, because the shepherd is way better than the sheep. A few weeks ago at our Ask the Pastor service, one of the questions that was brought up is, why doesn't God show up in the same way anymore? And I kind of feel like this is a very universal question. Because we look for burning bushes and pillars of fire and huge moments, and God is not a lightning bolt, but a shepherd. Doing the quiet, simple, sometimes, or most of the time, difficult work of leading God's sheep. Pastor Nadia continues in that sermon. In reality, when we wander off and try to get our needs met through all the wrong ways, When we allow others to be our shepherd and when we are dumb and let the wolves in and we do all the other things that sheep just do, it doesn't mean we're not worthy to have a good shepherd. It just makes it all that much better news that we have a good shepherd. The shepherd loves this mess of sheep. The shepherd lays down his life for just these kinds of sheep which means that the shepherd's care and unfolding love is not contingent on the sheep being the right kind. The sheep need not believe in the shepherd, nor must we be sure what any of this means in order for the shepherd to call us his own. 
And I think that truth is what brings us over and over again back to Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. This psalm is written from the perspective of someone who would be considered a sheep in this sheep-shepherd scenario. It's a psalm that just lives into the reality of who we already are and in turn is able to then see God for who God is. This psalm does not fight the label of sheep, does not list the ways in which they are not sheep. This psalm writer says, the Lord is my shepherd. It is a song of hope and trust written by someone who has heard the voice of God and has listened to what God has been saying all along. You are mine. You are mine. This psalm is so loved because it is a reminder of not what kind of sheep we are, but what kind of shepherd we have. The shepherd leads me beside still waters, leads me in right paths. That word lead shows up twice here in quick succession and it reminds us the main action of a shepherd is to lead the sheep. We had a funeral here this past Monday for Mike Gilbertson and one of the speakers here was Pastor Greg. Uh, he was a chaplain, a friend of Mike's at North Memorial. And he reminded us this image of leading means that the shepherd is in front of us. That's what that means, that there is no place we can go where the shepherd has not already been. What a beautiful promise this is. A reminder of what it actually means when we say that we are sheep. What it actually means to have a shepherd. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I fear no evil, for the shepherd is with me. The shepherd's rod and staff comfort me. This is maybe one of the most well-known, well-loved verses in all of Scripture. Within the most well-loved, well-known psalm is this verse. It kind of feels like extra holy. We say this together at funerals and at gravesides and at hospital bedsides. It likely brings up some moment or person for you when you hear it. And it is just rich with the image of God walking with us, staying with us, even in the hardest moments, the most difficult moments, the darkest days. God does not leave us alone or without help. The rod and the staff, that is how the staff pulls the sheep back to the shepherd. The rod is what they use to like beat up wolves and snakes and stuff. Chad has one in his office if you want to see it. It looks really cool. Yes, my child has tried to use it as a sword. But it is this image of being protected even while we are walking through the worst stuff. God stays with us, sort of clears the way, and makes sure we are not touched. The shepherd prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. I am anointed with oil and my cup overflows. This part, to me, of Psalm 23 has always felt like the ill-fitting verse in the mix, right? It's this gorgeous psalm of promise upon promise. And then enemies are there? Wait, I thought this was good news. I don't want my enemies anywhere near me when there's good news. But I have come to love this verse as a reminder that God is setting a table for me, welcoming me to that intimate and holy communion with him, 
And that no matter what people say, no matter what people say about me or think about me or claim about me or try to make me about, even when others would push me away or tell me who I am is not okay or not allowed or even shameful, God is at that moment setting a place for me at God's table. A place setting. It's got your name on it. The shepherd prepares a table even in the presence of my enemies. Even among those who would say, you know what, there's not a spot for you here. God says, yes. Yes, there is. Pastor Nadia continued in her sermon on this Good Shepherd Sunday. Here's the truth about the shepherd, she says. The shepherd never mentions the type of quality of sheep that's demanded. The shepherd never holds auditions. The shepherd never bases their protection and love and concern for their sheep on how the sheep look or feel or behave. That is never mentioned as a basis for belonging to the flock of the good shepherd. Those are just things we created as a basis for belonging because grace is just too offensive. Grace is just too hard to take since on some level we think if it's free, it must be worthless. So we've made the church into the high commission on sheep behavior and worthiness systems. But the truth about the shepherd is that despite all of this, the shepherd calls us by name. We know the voice. It is always there under the clamor of insecurity and the cry of wolves and the murmur of our own internal high commission on worthiness. The voice of the one who lays down his life for us, who lays down his love for us rebellious and smelly sheep is always right there saying, you belong to me. We'll get to watch this in real time today. As we gather around at the next service, gather around the baptismal font and hear God claim and call Carly by name. This text, this promise, both of these texts, it's all about belonging. It's all about wanting to be known and loved and God saying to us over and over again, you are known. I told you so. You are loved. You are mine. What a promise we have before us on this Good Shepherd Sunday. Let it sink in a moment. For this one quiet, still moment in this place, on this day, let the voice of God be louder and more clear than anything else that is being thrown at you. Hear the voice of God say to you on this day, you are known, you are loved, you are mine. I told you so. Amen. My God, my rock, come all foundation, ever I am safe in my Savior's arms. My hiding place, you are my salvation, forever I am safe in my safe.